0: Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I'm John Shirky here with my friend and co-host Jamie Wagner. Jamie, what's it like living eyes up today? How you doing?
0: I'm doing well, man. It's exciting to be here. Um, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, life just kind of hits you and it happens too fast. We don't get to have these conversations every day. And and when we do, I'm always encouraged, encouraged by the conversation we had in the interview today with with Nate Bailey, which was just an amazing breath of life and, and a great challenge to think about how we lead, how we interact with the people in our lives and what choices we're making, how to be intentional about creating behaviors that we want to have in our lives and then kind of shutting out the things that maybe aren't as important as we thought they might've been at a different time. I just so grateful he came on and shared his story because it it led to some awesome conversation.
1: I think he spoke to our mission almost completely aligned in terms of get better, prioritize, live with intention, you know, and that's, Eyes up mindset and living eyes up when we put that challenge out there, you know, those things are certainly core to that foundation
0: of what we're trying to do. And when he tells his story, he talks about kind of working through physical challenges as a part of that gig. But it's, as always, it's way more than that. It's in everything we do. It's in every part of our life. And when we walk through that door and we take that step, it's just an awesome opportunity not easy, but it's also pretty simple. Nate Bailey.
1: Nate, welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. Awesome to have you here today. Thanks for joining us. Hey,
2: what's up, guys? Thank you
1: for having me. I'm excited to be here. Can't wait. I want to get into this question of kind of how you got here, but where you are now, you're an author, entrepreneur, full-time coach. You have uh, started and sold some businesses by all means, incredibly successful. By reading some of your background, I I just wanted you to dig into maybe how do you think you got here and what were some of the important
2: parts along the way. Um, I know that's a big question. So yeah, it is a big question, but that's all right. I mean, well, I would start with kind of you know how I've gotten to where I am today. You start to get asked that question a lot and reflect and and look back. I've always found myself gravitating towards leadership positions. First of first of all, like. I don't know that I ever had this, like, strong burning desire as a kid to go out and be a leader, but I've always kind of found myself just, like, maybe subconsciously uh, trending that way, right? Whether it was high school athletics as a captain of the football team, which was sometimes just kind of a title given to you, right, maybe uh, to – to finding my way inside of those roles to playing college football. Like we talked about being in the army, I enlisted first, like didn't really, I don't even know if I knew how, it, what the path was to be a leader or I just kind of signed up for the next challenge to see if I could do it. And then shortly into my stint um, realized that there was this track to go be an officer and a leader. And I was like, I just was like, I want to do that. I want to see if I can do that. So I went and did that. Um, was de- deployed to Kuwait as a platoon leader. Um, yeah, had have had a number of different uh, businesses and, you know, like running my own show and and not necessarily having to be told what to do and w- where to be, which I think, you know, when you talk about leadership, there's also a, a great piece to being uh, a great follower or teammate or servant. And I think I can definitely play very well in those roles, but I often like to be the guy that kind of is in the front or kind of leading leading the pack. But yeah, so, but how I got to really what I'm doing today, you know, we, everything that's happened to us, all of our experiences that we have really does truly make who we are. And I was just reading a book by Rob Bell. Um, it's uh, his his recent book, Spirituality is in the, in the title, but, but anyways, um, but he's talking about this and about how, you know, sometimes we, people will really beat themselves up for who they are or the choices they've made or some of the failures that they've had. And really just this concept, not necessarily new, but just bringing it back to light for me of like, you know, just owning who you are and everything that's, that you've done and all the experiences, everything that's led up to, to where you are today has prepared you for, for what you're doing. And, and I've definitely seen that in my life but uh, it first started with me investing in a coach myself. I didn't really know there was a world out there called coaching, and then I came across <laughs> it, and now it's like everywhere I turn, I feel like I, I, I see coaches everywhere, which is awesome. It's amazing because, you know, people need the help, and there's a, there's a great value for it, but yeah, it started with going to work on myself because, you know, you said, you know, it seems to be a very successful life, and I do feel like I, I, I've I am successful in all areas, but it wasn't always that way, right? And sometimes a lot of times from the outside looking in, it it looked like it was probably more successful than it was. And I was just feeling unfulfilled and not happy with how I was showing up necessarily as a husband or a father. Um, Overweight, you know, just kind of lost track of myself, was consumed with trying to run business, but not really doing any of those very well because I I had my hands in a few different things. And and so just really was like, man, there's got to be a better way. I don't know what it is. And then I came across this message of a coach and a program and, and went into that, dove into it. And then it opened my eyes to like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like there's people out here that could help others get to where they want to be. And that's kind of, again, how I've always, I've always liked being in those positions. I have a teaching degree. So I wanted, to, you know, obviously I have wanted to teach and, and coach and be in those positions. And, and so this allows me to do all of those things that, I think kind of prepared me the, the business experience. Of course, I work with entrepreneurs, so it's, it's kind of really a must that I've had those experiences. So that when I'm talking to my clients through different situations, I can truly say that, Hey, I've been there. I've, I've experienced that. And I have this, this well of knowledge that I can hopefully pull from to help them through those, those experiences as well. So I feel like that was a really long answer to your question, but that's <laughs> kind of <laughs> where I've gotten to where I am. No,
1: that, no, that's okay. And, and there's some in there to unpack. And I guess, first of all, for me, thank you for your service. I have a, I have a brother who's in the army currently. He's a chaplain. Yeah, um, I was you. just telling Jamie before we um, got on with you, it, like, this topic is kind of close to home for me based on your experience. He's just about to be out of the army as of January 1st. And, and I know just from my conversations with him, there's, there's some uh, discord of how do I go from all of this time that I've been committed to this thing to all of a sudden I don't have to do that anymore. And, and, and what do I want to do? What, what do I want to be? And I think that was kind of what struck me today when I was looking at some of your stuff and, and I watched your TEDx talk and the two questions that came out of that were who do I think I am and what do I need to become? You know, so maybe could you just talk through kind of that experience with Kokoro and, and tell us a little bit about what that is. and,
2: and Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, you think. know, Seal Fit Kokoro, um, and good good for you saying that the right way. I pictured <laughs> that a lot of people want to call it Kakora or something like that, but Kokoro, yeah. I just seal heard you say Kokoro, it, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mark Devine, retired Navy SEAL, 20 years, came up with this as more of a prep course for people that wanted to become SEALs, right, uh, to get through how we, because there's a huge percentage of people that just don't make it through that right um so he created this in a way prep course two days 48 plus hours uh modeled after how Week, to uh, to help these these guys these young guys prepare for what they would experience in in buds and uh and then he found out that there's crazy guys like myself that are civilians that want to also come and see if they can do it so it's, it's really grown into something but So it was a 52 hour event for me and uh, went through a big transformation. Really, I can look back as that as one of the major turning points of me really going all in and doing what I said I would and being, you know, doing what's required and lost a significant amount of weight and uh, just made some some big strides in my life and also didn't do it at the sacrifice of my family or my business and everything else, which was important to me. you know, what's it worth if you, if, if you go all on that one thing and then you crush everything else, right. It's, that's, it's not what I'm about. So, um, so it was that experience and going through that and then finally showing up, like having no clue if I did have what what it took to make it through and actually doing fairly well. And, and being one of nine out of 28 to finish this really crazy experience, no sleep, just like exercising, getting, getting crushed and getting, you know, yelled at from time to time throughout the 52 hours. Um, very crazy experience. Um, there was a guy that, uh, one of the guys that died actually as a part of this event passed away, like right after we finished. So that added another whole entire element to the experience that I really wish wouldn't have had to gone through, but, um, but it was definitely a part of that experience. And, um, yeah, that, you know, I in the beginning, it was who do I have to become in order to be successful? Like, what would I really have to do? What would be required? And then there's always this voice in the, inside of all of our heads of like, who do you think you are to, to go after this? Who do you think you are based on everything you've done before that would say that you could even should even attempt to step in this arena? Right. All of the the that negative self-talk or whatever you want to call it. It keeps a lot of us from living a life that we would rather live, but they never really know it because they they listen to the voice, and so they never experience what it's like to not listen to it and to push through and persevere. And you can be, you can be amazing at it, like in, in ignoring that voice and for a long time, and then something can happen, and all of a sudden you can be susceptible to it too, right? Depending on something that might happen. So it's an, a never-ending battle that we all go through. Um, And so that's, that is really what I've, I find very interesting and continuing to try to figure out ways to help people through it.
0: You said two things that were really fascinating to me in that. Number one is that you, you wanted to go all in, you wanted to give yourself to this new version, to this transformed version of self, but you didn't want to sacrifice the pieces of yourself that you really valued and cared for. I think a lot of people, when they make these big changes in their life, they do it so completely that they might struggle with the relationships of the people in their life and specifically spouses, children, you know, their relationship to their work peers and colleagues. Like how do you make this kind of change and do this thing that is go all in and still maintain these quality relationships with people you care about?
2: Yeah, that's, that's a really good question too. And you know, you can look at someone like Tiger Woods or Tom Brady seems to have done a pretty good job of it like he doesn't seem like although he's definitely in early in his career you know was pregnant with one woman and and then had another uh, now who his is his wife and his family with but he, he seems to have done fairly well but someone like a tiger woods or the stories that you might hear of michael jordan that not a lot of people talk about or um the, the the elite of the the literally best of the best in the world right like sometimes you can't be that person without sacrificing all the other things is my point to that. But for where I'm at, what I'm trying to do, like I'm not trying to win world records, but I am up to big things because I really, that's how I thrive. And that's, I, I know that's, I have something like that in front of me. It it drives me to stay focused and committed and disciplined and all the other things and keeps me on track in all areas. And you know, what I found through experiences, because I, I didn't want to sacrifice everything else. I knew that it was possible. It was just meant that might have to be really intentional not might, I had to be really intentional in my day working out in the morning or late at night, or, you know, if I have a little, break, you know, cause I am self-employed, you know, there are times where, all right, I don't have anything necessarily going on right now. I can go get it. Even if it's 30 minutes, I can go crush something and come back and get back into what I'm doing. Um, so you just really being intentional and being really clear on what you want. I think people use the excuse of, Hey, I got this big event coming up. So they kind of like, will have the conversation of, Hey, I'm not like, I'm not going to be a great dad and a great husband for a while, but you know, just, you're just going to have to bear with me. Right. Well, I didn't want to do that. I know people that will do that. And, and I think you can make it work if you were clear in that communication and it was for a short amount of time or whatever, but just not the path that I wanted to take. Right. Like I, I knew I could do both and, and, I had a number of people that were going th- that were training to go through the same experience and man, some of them were working out like three, four or five hours a day. And I'm like, I can't do that, nor do I want to do that. <laughs> like, dude, is that really necessary? And some of those guys didn't make it. And here I'm, you know, hour, hour and a half, probably a day, you know, and then maybe a longer workout um, on the weekends, sometimes maybe a four or five hour workout on the weekends that was planned um and like that's what i got that's what i'm willing to commit to and so i'm going to use that time the best i can so that i can be present with my family when i'm with them and not taking a ton of time away from them to um to to go and do this thing called kokoro because really it's like my family doesn't care if i do kokoro they they could care less if i go even do it at all uh nonetheless like even care if i get through it right i mean they're just like they don't even know what kokoro is and so to them, it's like, whatever, yeah, yeah, you could go do this thing, but like we still want you to be here and with us when you are. So that's where, really what it was for me is being really intentional with the time that I had, knowing exactly what it is that I wanted. So, yeah, I want to go do Kokoro, but I don't want to sacrifice everything else. Some people, they might – other people's priorities are a little bit different, so you got to really have a handle on what it is that's important to you and what the priorities are for you.
1: Well, and I think that's well, and an important – sorry that 's a really important point where you talk about priorities and prioritizing because i mean let 's be honest, you did have to give things up to to attain this goal it 's just that you prioritized your family, your time with your kids, your work you know you you maybe gave up some of your free time you had to get up a little bit earlier um, mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of people out there that say i don 't have time but You know, they scroll through Facebook or Twitter. We talk about this sometimes where even for us, we get distracted. And then all of a sudden we lose an hour and a half in a day, you know, all that time in a week. And I think, you know, the other thing, and then Jamie, you can hop in here. But I think the thing that you said was, I have an hour and a half. That's what I'm willing to commit to because I didn't want to sacrifice those other things. But I think you can make the argument that by doing that as a more well-rounded human being, you were putting yourself into a position to be more successful, even then those people that are training for three, four, five hours mm-hmm.
2: a day. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it seemed to be true too, like I said, because you know, some of those guys that were crushing these workouts, you know, they either quit or they didn't make it through. A lot of them did, but you know, not all of them did.
0: Absolutely. And you, you said something where you're like, I'm, I want to be all in on this thing and you don't want to do it in a short term. One of these people say, I'm, I'm going to go do this thing. I'm going to go do Kokoro. But you've made a commitment to doing, you know, you've done some hundred mile runs and some, you know, some 50 K's and some hundred K's and, and all kinds of different physical challenges. You said, this isn't going to be a period of my life. This is going to be a part of my life and it's going to continue to be a part of my life. I think about that in terms of like mental transformation. Also, not just physical transformation, not just committing to a behavior that is a, workout or whatever, what advice would you give to people that want to commit in and like let's transition to your next thing, which is this championship leaders type training that you do and work with coaches is how do you say to someone, I want to transform and become a leader. And I want it to not be something I do for a time, but I want it to be who I am and who I become. Mm -hmm. Like what are the types of challenges and commitments and the sacrifices that you're going to have to make through that process to be great, to be a championship level leader.
2: Yeah, I was just talking about that um, on another podcast recently. And it was just something like, um, as a championship leader, a big piece of that to me is like, what I would say, being the standard, right? There's kind of the standard that the the status quo, the standard that like that minimum, right, that a lot of people will just do barely enough to just kind of meet the minimum, if that, right. And being a championship leader is all about like, exceed, not training for the minimum, but exceeding the standard and setting the standard yourself. And, and when you do that, there's a, there's, there's a lot of responsibility to that, right? Because now, you know, it's not only do you set the standard, but you got to withhold it and you got to be willing to do uh, everything that you would ever ask anyone else to do. Um, And so a big part of that for me is continuing to do these events. Number one, I see it as It's like, for me, I've, I've created the story for me that it's the drive. It drives everything else in my life. So that's what I'll talk to a lot of people about, like having these big outcomes and goals and who it requires me to be. If I didn't have that, like, I wouldn't have the life that I do. And so it's just everything around it from the health and the fitness and the, and the, the ability to hopefully be along around for a long time, because I am taking care of my body because I'm challenging myself because these events are so mentally they're probably way more mental than it is physical. Yes. You have to be prepared physically, but yeah, I mean, yet to, to, to not quit on yourself, to, to get through, to, to do things when you don't want to, which is almost all the time. Um, Just everything that all the benefits that you can find from pushing myself this way, it does sometimes get a little bit tiring. Sometimes you do ask the questions of like, why am I doing this? Or how long am I going to continue to do this? But you know, I also just know that like, I thrive off of it and it gives me the drive and the energy and the focus to then be able to be the man that I want to be in all other areas of life. And, and so, yeah, I just look at it, maybe to answer your question is, you know, as a championship leader, a lot of, a lot of responsibility comes with that and, and setting the standard for others and living up to that. But I do know that it's, it's way better than the, than the alternative, which is just like super complacency and comfort that leads to regret down the road for not, living the life that you wish you would have. So tell us about the events.
1: Um, Unleash the leader within, right? Kind of give us an overview of kind of what you're doing with that and who it's for and where people can find information potentially. on. Yeah, I I
2: have like two live events. I love doing these live events. I I feel like that's definitely a skill. uh, A strength of mine is, is leading these in-person live experiences. So I have a championship leadership 24 hour event, which is kind of, modeled after Seal Fit uh, with the exception that we're not trying to break anybody, we're not trying to make anyone quit, and uh, we want everybody to make it through it, and the focus is on helping them become a better leader. So there's a lot of teaching and training, and it's not nearly as intense as Kokoro, but it's still an absolute accomplishment for all these people to make it through it. So that's more seal fit style. I got a good friend of mine that actually was one of my coaches at Kokoro that I became like, I knew him only as coach tree and I didn't dare talk to him like, and then over the years I've just connected with him, And now he's a friend and, and running this event with me. Um, and then uh, unleash the leader within a three day is a three day experience. That's um, I've been doing these style events for the last three and a half years with men and women and that's uh we're going to give them a little piece of this the championship leadership 24 hour right because there's a lot of lessons you learn through the physical piece working together with other teammates making the connection and the bond through the physical experiences and the lessons that are learned there and then we're going to um you know do a lot of teaching on marketing and messaging and and business and uh, because entrepreneurs are always looking for uh, an advantage right and how to get a little bit better how to expand their 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 reach and build an audience and get their message out there and then also like kind of like what we've been talking about and then a big part of it also is just going to be all right how do we take all of this and put it together so that when we go home we don't drop a bomb in the middle of our living room and blow up the people that are most important to us so how do we make all of this work together with everything else that's important to us so that's really kind of what the 3 day unleash the leader within experience is all about you know you got to lead yourself before you can go lead others, and so there's a lot of focus on that.
0: I love that. That's, you know, it's our mission as well is to is to find ways to lead ourselves through kind of you know this ruthless, brutal honesty about where we are today, yeah. so that we can then take better action tomorrow. And knowing where I am today is such a crucial part in that reality. I. I on your website, you talk about your, one of your missions in life is to give this opportunity to to connect men specifically. I know that you work across, you know, men, women across the leadership spectrum, but you talk about connecting men to bond and to show up for one another. Uh, you know, we are fortunate, John and I are, to have this relationship where I can pretty much tell him anything. Uh, yeah. He's, you know, he's seen me cry. He's seen me be incredibly vulnerable. He's seen me, you know, uh, show up and be my best self at times and be my worst self at times. And yeah. when you speak to that bond among men, like what that seems so lacking in our culture right now. And yeah. it feels like there's just a lot of emptiness and loneliness around that. How do you, you, you talk about it being part of your mission. Like, how do you take steps towards that? because this was not an easily forged relationship that he and I have and some of this other group that we spent a lot of time with. It kind of, it went through the fire. How do you, how do you accelerate that? If it's even possible? I don't know.
2: Yeah. I, I, I think that's why I'm so drawn to the, the in-person experiences because you can do that. And, so drawn to doing that through the physical experiences because it, it really does break and open up people to the rawest form, right? When you're, when you're sweating, when you're working, when it, when it hurts, when you wanna quit, when you got other guys around you and you're lifting each other up and when you don't wanna let the next guy, that, like the only thing that's keeping you from quitting is you know, the fact that there's other guys around there and like not wanting to let them down, um, really getting the walls to drop quickly uh, is through those types of experiences. I don't personally know a better way to do it. There might be a better way to do it, but I, I full-heartedly believe that that's the best way to be able to do it. And the quickest way, to, maybe maybe the quickest way to do it is is through those experiences. You know, I mean, you guys all know, you, we've all played college football yeah. at a high level. And I mean, it's the same thing, right? That's what what builds the yeah. team is those early days of August two a days that suck worse than just about anything else out there. Your body's just getting crushed, but it's you're building this incredible bond with, with these teammates that you, that will uh, pay dividends in, in the games when it matters most. Right. So the life is no different. And so uh, I think maybe I'd never really thought about it that way until just now, but you know, there's probably a lot of, because of that, because of those experiences I've had is why I, I see these types of experiences as, as a way to, to get, especially for men, right? Because we're, you know, I don't know, whatever it is, you want to call it um, machoism or masculinity or, or afraid to be vulnerable because you see it as weakness and just, uh I, I don't have a problem being vulnerable. I don't have a problem showing emotion or, or crying or if that's what, what's present for, I don't try and hide it. Like, I think it's very powerful. People really do see that as a strength when they see someone that's a, now, if you're just a blubbering mess all the time, maybe it's a little bit different, but um, but I, again, if that's true to you, like I, I think of Dick Vermeil. he was like out of the, that NFL, <laughs> kind of like he was crying all the time, but everybody just was like, that's Dick, you know I mean? And he was yeah. like, whatever. So yeah, it's just, finding a way to be yourself. And that's what I've been trying to do is just be myself and not try and be anyone else. So that, I, you know, cause I think that comes off the most authentic. Well, I think, I think I was just, I was just having this conversation with another
1: friend of ours about how, how we have to get ourselves into those situations where we're asking, and you asked this question earlier, why am I here? What am I doing here? And to be in that f- physically, I think, like you said, is the quickest way to do it. And it's also, you know, it's easy to say, put words to the things. And I think that's what guys struggle with, right? It's easy to yeah. talk. Yeah. But whether it be a very quick physical challenge or something like, you know, those last weekend I did a 30-mile a, a hike over up and over a pass, which – for me it was really difficult. Heck yeah. And there were times where, you know, it went from 80 degrees to 30 degrees and snowing to <laughs> yep. I woke up and everything in my, my tent was wet. And it's like, what am I doing here?
2: <laughs> right. But,
1: but as part of that process, you know, then we got to see all the waterfalls and all the lakes and oh, all yeah. the, have the experiences yeah. with that group and that you, that you wouldn't have if you don't put yourself into those positions. And I think that's, You know, when we talk, Jamie, when you talk about that aloneness, that vacancy in our society today, I think it's partially or maybe a lot to do with the unwillingness for guys to put themselves in those situations where they are potentially not going to be able to perform or physically do whatever it is they're asked to do. And then along with that, you know, there was a conversation about two different kinds of fun. The fun where it's, you're having fun in the moment, and the fun that afterward you're like, I'm never going to forget that. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that changed my life. And I think that's partly what you're doing with the events that you're doing. And you know, the leadership stuff is, it's maybe not necessarily the most fun in the moment, but you're changing mm-hmm. people's lives through that experience.
2: Yeah, totally. And you know, it's, you know, how can you find ways and we'll talk to them, you know, how can you find ways to to have fun with it? Cause that's the thing. Like when, when someone really submits to, Hey, I'm here. Like, I'm not going anywhere. And they really submit to like, all right, let's do this. Right. When you see that shift in someone and it varies from person to person, some people might not ever click. Some people clicks like on the final hour. Some people, the sooner you can submit to that, the, the, the that's when you can actually have fun with it you be like, all right, yeah, let's do this. This we're here. Like, let's, let's make the most of this. And then you really can't break anyone when they get to that point, again, we're not trying to break anyone, but we are trying to get them to get breakthrough. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's trying to find ways to help them to, to get to that place themselves as as quick as possible. And uh, you said something about the experiences, like, yeah, the reason I do this, the experiences that I have, like those running the hundred miles and doing these different events, I would never go to these places if it wasn't for that. And I would definitely never be like, in the middle of nowhere or whatever, and see some just amazing places. Like it sounds like you had that experience with the waterfalls and all that, or the people mm-hmm. that you meet because of these experiences, because of Kokoro, like the circles that I'm in, the, the people that I know that, that I'm connected to is because I put myself in those places that, I'll, that a select few, a very small percentage of people are willing to do.
0: Yeah. I, we, we go on a hunt every year together. We talked about that a little bit before we got on air and it's, awful cold sometimes like (laughs) minus 10, 20, 30 out. It's snowing, it's blowing. It's unbelievable that you choose to be out there and your fate, you know, but then you have these moments that transcend because yeah. you've submitted to the process. I think that word is so powerful. Just give yourself over to it yeah. and let it show you what it's supposed to be. Yeah. And you're going to find out not only who you are, but what that thing is in its truest form and it's it's life-giving. It's so affirming. It fills you up and it and it allows you to go into the grind of the everyday work life and the parent and the and yeah. the, the spouse because you're renewed by Mm -hmm. submission i i just think it's such an amazing uh way that you put it and uh, i i thank you for for using that word because it just kind of all clicked in that moment for me that's it that's the thing that we're looking for we're willing to submit to be renewed so we can come back fresh to lead and be in the arena so absolutely
2: and let's be real like it's kind of cool it sucks when it's 10 below or 20 below in the moment but when you get out and you whether you're drinking a beer or a, a soda pop like but you're around the campfire it's like it feels pretty good to know that you guys did that and there's probably not too many other people that are doing it right like i don't know this just kind of it's if, if it, it makes you feel alive I, th- I think is the biggest thing like you just Absolutely. you live in life
1: and, and i think Absolutely. so in in your ted talk which if you're listening to this we're gonna have the link for it in our show notes go watch it it's or go to nate's website it's awesome. I sat and was mostly on the verge of crying the whole time, <laughs> but, but it's powerful. And, and at oh, the nice. end you say, you know, what is your Kokoro? Yeah. And it doesn't matter. You know, we, it doesn't have to be 30 below hunting. It doesn't have to right. be incredible hundred mile races, but it has right. to challenge you. It has to stretch you. It has to be like Jamie said, it has to be an experience where you have to submit, to being all in to give yourself over to that process. So I think that was a powerful question for me. And I'm still, I'm, I'm trying to think about what it is for me and I don't know, but I think that's, that's something that is incredible and an incredible gift that,
0: that you gave. So I appreciate that. Thank you.
2: Thank you. It's good to know someone's watching that thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nate, where can we find you on social or where can We touch base with you, our, our listeners so that they can, uh, you know, if they found something valuable in this experience, where can they find some of your work? You know, you have a yeah. podcast.
2: Yeah. The best place is really, um, my website, natebailey.org. We've got, I think over 200 podcast episodes now on championship leadership podcasts, and then info on free Facebook group, different programs I have. Um, I got a blog up there with, a number of articles and things like that. But, and then you can connect with me on, on, uh, you know, Instagram and Facebook is kind of where I hang out the most and, uh, at coach Nate Bailey on Instagram and then Bailey, Nate Bailey, 84, I think 84, the old football number nice uh, on, uh, on Facebook, but yeah, there, everything's linked up on the website. So if you go to the website, you can find me pretty much wherever I'm at.
1: Cool. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Nate. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for coming on, Nate. Absolutely. Jamie, some incredible challenges from Nate today about leadership, about life, about being a independent man that takes care of your family and takes care of the people around you. And sometimes you got to give stuff up, but you also have to answer a couple of questions. The first one, and you got to wrestle with these questions. The first one is, who do I think I am? This is This is a question that we ask ourselves in what we're doing,
0: but- I cannot agree more. I have this question creep in all the time. And in psychology, it's called imposter syndrome. You feel like you're an imposter working at something where you don't belong, that you're out of place. Who do I think I am to do this thing? And Nate says it. It's a voice that we have to ignore. It's a voice that we have to shut off or learn how to overcome because it's a lie who do I think I am to do this thing? I'm capable. I'm able. I'm going to walk through that door. Yeah.
1: And, and then he talks about the second question is who do I have to become? And in, in the Ted talk, if you, when you go and listen to it, the distinction he makes between those questions, the first question is who am I right to do this? That is giving the control away, keeping us small, keeping us in that comfort zone. The second question of who do I have to become? We take the power back, right? We are now in control and we get to take action. So the challenge to you as listeners today is who do you need to become to achieve the things that you want to physically, emotionally, relationally, challenge yourself and then take action. And as always, live eyes up.